It was just the charisma of that person. And that's not what we need. We need something that is, uh, that is sustainable, long-term, with purpose, all the way through. Welcome to the Oak Tree Institute podcast, the podcast designed to empower Muslim leaders through education and skill development. In this episode of the Oak Tree Institute podcast, we interview one of our own instructors, Brother Tariq Murad. He's an entrepreneurial business coach and consultant that owns Soaring Revenues. And he has been involved in community development and nonprofit organization work for over 30 years within a variety of different leadership positions. He's the founder of an educational institution, and he's served on a variety of different boards and executive teams. Today, we'll be speaking about Brother Tariq about the importance of strategic planning, how to develop a strategic plan, what are the components of it, and why it's essential for your organization. Assalamu rahmatullah. Welcome to the program again, Brother Tariq. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, alhamdulillah. How are you been? I've been very well. Uh, happy to start a new year. Hopefully things will be really excellent this year. Uh, absolutely. SubhanAllah, you know, it's uh, it's actually a great time for us to talk about uh, the topic we'll be discussing today with you, the strategic planning and uh, planning in general. I know usually at the beginning of the year, that's when people get really excited, start thinking about, okay, what are we supposed to do this year as an organization and uh, things of that sort. So can we just take maybe some time here in the beginning to talk about uh, why is planning important just generally and particularly for organizations? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for organizations, uh, there's a lot of things that happen uh, on a regular basis uh, from the day-to-day activities. And it's very easy to get lost in the day-to-day activities and the details of the day-to-day activities. Without a plan in front of you, um, uh, those activities just take over. And uh, most of the people working are, are doing their job, but they're not really sure the goal of the organization or where it's going. The planning really helps with that planning really helps you kind of uh, set a map in front of you so that you know that you're achieving the goals that you want to achieve by before the end of the year. Um, usually, of course, we divide planning into small segments so that we know a goal is broken down to several sm- smaller parts, and then you go forward so you can measure yourself every month or every week, depending on the kind of plan it is. Absolutely. I, I, and, I, and I like that. And I appreciate that. I, I think a lot of times... What we see, and, I, and I'm sure you've seen this a lot more than than I have, is that organizations don't value the, this concept of planning. They don't. They just don't have a value for it, even though it's really important. Um, what What would you say to somebody that maybe their board or maybe their organization, um, their leadership, they're not valuing planning or taking the time out to to do planning sessions? What would you want them to say, or how would you convince? Uh, a group of people in the Muslim community to value the concept of planning. Uh, that's that's a bit of a tough one, but I would ask I would ask them to look at what are they, where are they going, what is their, what is the purpose of their organization, and that the if if what they're doing is not really congruent with what the purpose of the organization is, uh, if it's uh, if it's more political than than value driven towards the the members of the organization or the audience of the organization, then the plan, then without the plan, they're really going to be lost. They're not really going to accomplish what they want to do. They may feel great that activities are happening, but if it doesn't really pour towards a direct goal that is beneficial for the organization, uh, they will see 
people drop off. They will see members not show up. They will see a lack of interest in their in their organization eventually. And it's really important to uh, keep keep that whole thing together in a way that is always looking at what their vision is, what their mission is, where they're going, and how do they address the major issues of their audience. I, I love that. I, I think it's it's really important, and I, and I appreciate you. I mean, those are some great points. Um, a lot of times, you know, if you don't give people a direction, if they don't know where they're going, if they're not excited uh, to have a vision, right? They, like uh, as nonprofits, that's super important to have, right? And w- really, without that, requires planning, right? All of that requires some kind of planning to to be able to hype people up in a direction they feel like they're on their way to something, correct? Well, yes, and there's always a balance between the heart of the issue, right? The why of why are they doing things and uh, taking that down onto the ground, an actual plan that actually works for what they want to do. And there's always a balance between the two. Uh, activities have to happen, but at the same time, you have to fulfill the whole reason what the organiz- why the organization exists. I love that. that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so why, and I know your, your focus, your specialty is strategic planning. And so, so why strategic planning? Well, I guess for, for what is strategic planning as compared to regular planning? When we talk about strategic planning, we're not talking about uh, just activities that we plan out. We're talking about understanding very well what the mission and vision of the organization is and who your audience is very well. If you have those two in mind, then whatever activities you plan out start becoming more useful. Now, we're talking here about nonprofits. Of course, if you're talking about for-profit companies, the strategic planning is really to drive more money and and revenue into the business. But for nonprofits, the whole idea of aligning with your mission and vision is very, very critical. There's a lot of activities uh, that uh, nonprofits will do that may be good for a particular situation. And then they like the activity and they keep doing the activity, even though it doesn't fit the rest of the situation later. So it is important not to look at only operational effectiveness, even though that's part of it, but also to look about the synergy and the value chain of the unique activities that they're doing that serves their organization very well and serves their members very well. It's a matter of really uh, knowing your own mission and vision and keeping that upfront with you all the time and knowing your audience very well and keeping that upfront with you all the time. I love that. And and so with, with those two things in mind, so so what is a strategic plan? Is it a 10 year plan? Is it a, uh, a two year plan? How, how do you, what is it? What is it? What does it look like? Like how far into the future is a quote unquote strategic plan? Well, that depends on when, the organization starts doing this activity. Initially, when they start uh, doing strategic planning, if they haven't been doing it before, the the key area here is to just look at the first year. But once that that once that whole groundwork is laid out, then the strategic plan really should extend much longer. That should extend towards maybe closer to five years, and then. Uh, get revisited once a year to make sure that things are online uh, on track. Things will change. Situations will change. Uh, competitors will come up. Um, uh, other, other situations where, where they, they may um, 
organizations may want to do um, partnerships with other organizations. So things will change. However, it should be really a, a little bit longer horizon to kind of look at how, how far they can grow and what they can do. Uh, year to year, uh, it's more limited in what you can do compared to what you can do if, you, if you're thinking longer term. You do want to think longer term. Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 I like that. So you're, so it's kind of like you map out a, a, a five years, but then you need to really need to break them up and measure the success. And if there's adjustments that need to be made, you make them, but generally the plan, the, the strategy stays the same, but then how you execute on it uh, year to year, is that what changes essentially? The execution may be different. Uh, the, and the, uh, the activities may change. Uh, and uh, it also depends if there's a change in leadership or something like this. So all of this comes into, into the picture. Um, you're, you're looking at uh, the, internal of the, or- the internals of the organization and the external part of the organization. So you're looking at two things, right? From the internal perspective, you're trying to understand and make sure that your internal processes work very well. So, um, so for example, uh, in a mosque, maybe, there is uh, the, the process of collecting zakat on a regular basis. Is that process working? And is the disbursement of the zakat working correctly? So the, just the process, how well it's working, how efficient is it, uh, how quickly is it approved? Uh, you know, zakat situations, for instance, are very urgent. People have, you know, have to get this thing done very quickly. So we can look at the internal processes, how they're working. And that's one thing that we need to be looked at. And, and then also, how do you improve them? Because there may be several ways to improve an internal process, but it may not be, uh, one may be better than another. So you want to choose how to make, how to make improvements. In, in, uh, in, for instance, in a mosque in Silicon Valley, the process of improving the uh, CAD distribution may be through a lot of uh, uh, electronic machines and, and emails and apps that they, they work with with each other. In other places, it may be just, you know, uh, having the, the people talk to each other very quickly and make sure there's a weekly meeting so that the, the money can be dispersed very quickly from the management or something like that. Um, the, other look, the, area, the other area to look is externally. What is, what is my, uh, what do my members need and understand how they, how they function? So for instance, in a community for like like we are here in the Silicon Valley, it's a relatively rich community. But we also have, over the years, we've had groups of people come in from different parts of the world, and their needs, their particular needs, were different than the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. So, so understanding, for instance, the the relationship of um, the, the, this new community that's coming in, the relationship of the people within each other, how they function, how they work with each other is important for us to be able to give them service in a, in a particular way. And also understanding if there's any way we can improve the delivery of that service to that person. So looking internally, the internals of the organization, and then looking externally at what the needs of the customer are and how do we service those very well. So it's two areas that we look at and most organizations that we start, nonprofits that we start dealing with, they don't quite know their internals yet. Mm-hmm. So even though they need to be servicing the, the customer, their internals are not well set up. And that's where we focus usually at the very beginning. 
But if they know their internals very well and their their operations are smooth, then we can jump and look at who are their customers and how do we serve their customers very well. I got that. That's it's it's a really good way of thinking about it. Obviously, so your internal strength, your internal capacity, there has to be an assessment. Um, you have to be able to identify that. And then externally, I, I, I really appreciate that. I know a lot of times we don't think of that as a community-based organizations. Like you have different audiences that need service. You have different needs that need to be catered to, right? And there should be some kind of assessment there. Um, does Is one more important than the other? Um, should So if, let's say if somebody's just starting out this concept of planning, um, are both equally important? Should, uh, you know, sometimes I know organizations, they start because they see a need. So they just start serving that need. Um, how would you talk about one versus the other? I think you, we need to look at both, right? We can't really look at one without the other because the internal organization exists to serve the external customer. So the whole, the whole point is we have to look at both. However, early on, if, if we know one specific uh, customer that we're serving and we're trying to serve them and work with them. And then we, we're not really understanding the internals of the organization. So we'll focus initially on the internals of the organization with the idea that we're serving that particular customer. Mm. And then eventually, as we build up the internal organizations, we build the understanding of the customer at the same time. And then both become synergistic with each other. They have to go together. We can't do it without working together with these things. So when we talk about the internal dynamics of an organization, I know you you really emphasize on three parts, which is the why statement, the mission, and the vision. Those are a part of the internal state of an organization, correct? Yes. Okay, great. So how do they relate to one another? What is each one? Why is each of those areas important to understand internally? Okay. Um, so I like to simplify this very quickly to get to get a bigger bigger picture very easily. So I I I liken the vision to the horizon. So if you're walking, if you're if you're if you're traveling a long distance, it is the horizon. It is where you're going. It's the direction you're going. You see it. You're you're out out there to the horizon. Mm. And the vision usually and you and you. It works with the vision, with your eyesight. Yeah. So it, it really works as an analogy very well. Mm-hmm. So we look at the, at the horizon that I'm going to. And we look at the mission as the road or the vehicle that I've decided to hitch myself to, to get to my horizon. Mm. Okay, And the, the mission is really, and the mission long term may change, right? So it may be good for five years. And then when you get to where you are with that mission, you may change it to another mission. The mission, it does include big goals, big ideas and big goals. So it, the vehicle that you use and the path that you choose to get to those goals becomes important. So that mission becomes important. It's kind of how you are getting to your vision. Mm-hmm. And then when we talk about the why, the why is the reason I stay on track. The why is the reason that I stay on the road and keep pushing forwards to my my vision. Mm-hmm. And all of these three come together in a very interesting way. The why is like the heart of the thing and the vision is, you know, the, the, the direction I'm going and the the mission is is how I'm getting there. And the what that I'm doing 
comes into the plan, all that what and all the stuff that comes into details of the plan. But the but having the mission, vision, and the why in front of me all the time, um, uh, attaching my basic plan, my basic activities to the mission, vision, why on a regular basis, then makes make sure that I'm relevant with what I'm doing and it actually serves the organization very well. So. Um, so the, 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 the why is really like the core purpose, the core purpose of what you're doing and why you, you know, really, the, 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 just the internal heart of the matter, right? The really deep heart of the matter. Uh, the, vision, the vision will include the core values of the organization. They will, uh, and they, and they are, um, and they, they, the vision will actually make a difference in the people that work in the organization because certain people will love the core values, will work with you. Others will not work with you mm. based on the core values. Mm. Um, the vision is aspirational. It's not something that necessarily uh, is, uh, it, it's, it's something that you aspire to. And it, it's a, in a way it's kind of discovered as you go forward. And it's kind of, it's like revealing revealing, you know, going through the brush, going through the trees and revealing, going over the mountain, it just kind of reveals to you and it gets to be discovered through what you do. Uh, it is something that you own. The vision is something that you own because that builds the community around you, it makes your community very strong and makes it work very well. Um, and it doesn't change day to day. It's, it's, it's out there and, and you go keep going to it. Whereas the mission, when we look at the mission, it's more inspirational. It's more something that you create and push forward with because it's kind of inspired people around you to with you. It is, it is, you have to get a buy-in from people around you to actually work through the mission and work with that. And it helps build the organization. And as I said, it does include really big goals, you know, maybe five-year goals or 10-year goals and includes really big goals. And if you want to achieve those goals, your mission and your tools may change to go forward to continue to your vision. So really kind of putting those together, um, especially for nonprofits, becomes really important because that brings the right volunteers in, brings the right people in, and services the people that you're servicing, servicing the right way. Mm. And becomes really key that way. Mm. I, I, I really love that. So I think three really essential parts and generally. So can we talk about each of them? So how do you, how do you kind of start to shape that? So how do you work with organizations on shaping these? Let's say that they, they, you know, I think a lot of them, they're outdated. They're just concepts, right? Um, a lot of times organizations just have these, but they don't really have any meaning. So how do you work with organizations in terms of either identifying these or refining each of these? So usually we go through some exercises to work through th through things like this. We, for instance, when we when we try to find the why of the organization, we will uh, I will try to pull out from the from the team that that I'm working with. By the way, just to digress here a second, um, when we're working with strategic planning, we don't want to work with just the the board of the organization. We want to mm. work with a. a, a a little bit you know, some of the leadership of the organization, but you only work with some of the workers in the organization, maybe some of the customers of the organization, because it allows you to get a better picture and, and sets up good discussion to bring, bring topics to mind. Mm. For instance, when we do the why, one of the questions we ask is, what is 
just relate some things that you are very proud of doing in the organization. And that usually brings something from the heart that, you know, we did this, it was really, really great. And then we, we take several of the examples and we start dividing them out into um, what was the thing that you did specifically mm-hmm. and what was the thing that the customer got specifically. Mm-hmm. And you play with these and you'll find uh, that a lot of the things that they were proud of boiled down to one or two really main items that they give mm. and one or two main really main items that the customer gets. Mm. And all of a sudden your wife comes to come to the picture and it becomes, and it's, and the moment that starts shaping in the room, as you hear it and you see it, the whole, everything just kind of fits into place. It just mm. kind of falls into place. And people say, yeah, that's it. That's why we do this. Mm. And that transformation that happens when the room gets that, it, it, it changes how the leadership thinks with the organization completely. It, it, really, it really fits very well. I, I, that's amazing. I think so. You 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 distill down or you boil down the essential things that they're doing uh, into the essential you, to uh, uh, to the point where they understand very clearly why. Like this is oh, this it's so clear why we do all of our activities and programs, and we're just not running around doing them. There's a a core purpose behind it, and I think that's essentially the discovery that you're talking about, right? Correct. Correct. Right. That, that's and- the. We go through similar exercises for the vision and the mission. Also, pull things like this out. Mm, got it. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I think a lot of times our organizations they get caught up in day to day work. Right, fires going on. This program has always been done, so we're just continuing to do it. Uh, this organization does this kind of fundraise. You know, so we we're always kind of these repetitive modes, but we never get a chance to think about internally the reasons why. What's the direction? Uh, what's the road that we're traveling on? And I, I love those. I think those are really important. Um, you, there, you would there's, say there's, there's other things that organizations are involved in all the time. For instance, they're involved in uh, getting permits from the cities they're in, right? Uh, uh, if they're building a new building, cool. there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with that, and who's going to manage the contractor, and what's going on, and where we're we getting the money and the fundraising. But these are not why the organization exists. Correct. These are activities that the management has to go through, but it has nothing to do with why the organization exists. And, and sometimes you know, the management is so happy with the accomplishment of getting the building and the permit and everything. And yes, it's a cause of yes. celebration because yeah. you've been struggling for it. Right. But it's not why you exist. And you need to be focused on why you exist. How am I going to service the people I'm servicing and what I do, what I do with them? And that's, that's the issue. The, the details of the day-to-day kind of overtake the actual reason why the organization exists. Right. I love that. And, and, and most of the time, nonprofits are people-focused entities. They're, it's Absolutely. about the people, not the structures. And you get really caught up in the people and the buildings and administrative stuff, like you mentioned, at the expense of the core reasons why. And I think that self-discovery. So there's there's a self-discovery here, even for organizations that's needed, right? It's, I, I think of like self-awareness, like for an individual, but institutions need the same thing, correct? Very much so. I, I kind of liken this. I don't, I don't, I really don't want to take us off on a different tangent, but I kind of like liken this a little bit to the emotional intelligence. And if you study anything at all about emotional intelligence, anybody who has will understand it's all about 
understanding myself on the inside and managing myself on the inside right and understanding the the people that I deal with on the, on the uh, how how they are and managing them also right and how to understand that process and this is kind of like that in a way that we're looking at internally for the organization and externally to the people that we serve. Absolutely. And it's super important. So I love that, the emotional intelligence for organizations. I mean, I think it's super important. I think it's just as critical at an individual level. It's just, you know, just, it's just as critical as an individual level, it's important at an organizational level that we understand these two, these two parts because they, they really dictate a lot of the performance and the things that we're trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so that so that's some of the internal aspects. Um, I'd like to turn our attention a little bit to now. Okay, understanding that those external aspects that we spoke about, and um, it's interesting because I at times institutions don't realize. For example, I think like community centers or Islamic schools, um, they don't think of their audiences as segments that need to be served, right? But you walk organizations through the concept of how to understand the segments that they serve. Can you speak to us a little bit about how you do that? Yeah. So, so when we look at when we look at uh, any organization, we find that it really uh, serves a lot of different kinds of people. And and for instance, when we look at a mosque, we tend to to think, you know, what's the purpose of the mosque? Right, they will say, "Okay, it's for a place for people to pray." And but when you look at the people coming to pray, what is the demographic? What is the breakdown of that people? Of the people, what kind of topics the khutbas have to be uh, put together as so people will understand and relate to the khutbah in a, in a way, in a correct way. But it's not just for that, of course, because we have activities outside of just the khutbas and the and the, the purely. Um, the activities are purely devotional. We also have educational activities of some sort to help us understand what we're supposed to be doing. So the audience that attends, the people that attend the mosque, generally start off with the adults of the community, usually uh, people in their 30s that are coming together to form a community of some sort, and then that community transforms. They get older, they have children, now they want schools for their children and things start changing. And somehow the organization starts morphing to start addressing all of these issues. These are all good things to do. But if the organization doesn't understand when it starts morphing to address a school of kids compared to the mosque, the purpose of the mosque, then if it doesn't understand the difference between the two, things start clashing with each other. Mm. Uh, people that are coming to pray are, don't like the fact that the kids make a lot of noise in the place. Mm -hmm. uh, the kids have come in and they've, they've upset, you know, they've been reading the Quran in the masjid and the, the, Quran, the, the mushafs are not in the same location. Mm. And things don't work the same way. And so therefore, you need to understand what the kids need for, you know, to be educated versus what the worshippers need to do in the mosque area. So understanding this, then you can start forming areas for the kids to work in. You start forming a part of the organization that's dedicated towards teaching and you start serving those kids in a particular way. One of the other bigger things, for instance, just as an example, when a mosque and a school start mixing together, <clears throat> the requirements from a school from any state 
is that the teachers become uh, the word uh, mandated and uh, mandated uh, orders, right? And mandated reporters are if the kid, if any sign of the kid being a kid being abused or malnourished is happening, then the teacher is mandated to report to the state because we don't want to have children who are in, in jeopardy. But the people, but the mosque as a whole doesn't understand this and doesn't like those kind of uh, those kind of things. So you have to educate the mosque and you have to educate the students and the parents of the students that this is something that has to get done. You have to understand the audience very well. Oh, another thing, for instance, with the kids in a school and a mosque, the bathrooms have to be separate because you have to be able to control the bath. The teachers have to be able to control the bathrooms and make sure everything is okay there. So there's a lot of things that come into the picture. And if we don't understand the differences between serving students uh, under 18 versus serving adults in a community, then we mix things up. We don't do things correctly and things don't work very well. So understanding what each audience wants is becomes very critical to running an organization that's very effective and very successful. Uh, Does that really, make sense? Those are, those are amazing points. And I think that that is one of the critical mistakes done in a lot of communities and mixing, as you mentioned, different kinds of institutions into one building or one body or one area. Um, so what would you, so, so what would you say to community-based organizations that, um, well, they say, look, our audiences are adults, youth, and kids. And there you go. Does, is there a need to be further thought about how to serve each of those areas? And then when you're talking about that, would you say that that is a requirement? Let's talk about community centers and messages. Is it a requirement that they serve those audiences? I believe there is a big difference between adults, youth, and kids in what you serve them and how you work with them. If you're talking about immigrant communities, adults have a dual culture because they've come from a different country and they, they immigrated here. And the kids are born here and they know this culture only. That's by itself a big difference. Mm -hmm. Because now the kids are seeing and talking language and culture that's different than what their parents are brought up in. That's two different audiences that you need to address very, very clearly. Ah. The youth in between are kind of a mix in between because they're they understand their parents' culture a little bit, but they're not really immersed in it all the way. And at the same time, now they're out in the world and seeing other people in the world and so on. And now they have to bring those two together. Frequently, they have issues of identity, who the identity is. And that's another different audience that you need to address correctly. Mm -hmm. If you succeed, succeed at doing it, then you provide really good service for them and help them navigate this, the, 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 where they are. So that's one kind of thing. Another kind of thing would be, let's say, an indigenous community, an African-American uh, mosque, for instance. It's primarily African-Americans. Uh, people have been here for generations and generations. They understand the culture here very well. They understand the politics here very, very well. That audience and, that the, and the youth for that audience are also two different. The adults and the youth are also different, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we see that in any, in any religious organization. Usually the adults are different than the than the kids and how you address them or the, sure. the younger generation. And you have to address them separate in different ways. And I, th I see the very successful uh, religious institution, religious organizations have, ha have very good programs for the different ages. Mm 
Mm. And the programs address the needs for the youth at that age, address the, the needs for the children at the age, and because they focus on what their needs are and understand them, and therefore they can service them much better, and they can bring them up in a much more in a much more uh, 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 balanced way that they can work in the country, work in the society, work yeah. and understand their own immigrant background. I, I love that. So, so are you saying this? It's really, it's a really great point, and I think that very critical for our communities to know. So, essentially, what we're saying is that. The imam, so for example, a community typically has an imam. It's a couple hundred people. Imam serves everybody. What you're saying is to move towards more specialized people that are more specialized and focused on those areas, right? Because if it's a community center, there's a whole bunch of people there that there are a team for kids, a team for youth, a team for adults. So you're mentioning like those kind of specialized work. When we talk about specialized work, what, what is that? What do you mean by that? How do you do that? Yes. It, it, again, depends on the community. But yes, you do need you do need to to address the issues of each group as they as, as they approach. And maybe you don't want to. Maybe 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 you don't have the capacity to do this. Maybe you just want to be a prayer hall, and, you, and people bring their children. That's their business, and that's all you want to be. But if you're going to grow into other things, such as schools, such as uh, uh, feeding feeding homeless or something like this, you have to understand those audiences. You have to understand those needs. You have to have specialized people that address those issues. But it has to be part of your plan. It's not something that all of a sudden, oh, this is good to do, so let me do it. Right, right. Without it's got to be intentional. It's got to be very intentional, yes. Yeah, I, I love that, right? It's not just going to happen. It's got to be, you got to be intentionally thinking about those audiences, intentionally thinking about how you're going to serve them and intentionally putting a plan together on executing on that, essentially. Yeah, yes. And for many or, and for many nonprofits right now, especially Masajid and, and uh, Islamic centers, their biggest problem right now is they've incorporated, have taken up causes all the time. Yeah. Without thought, without planning. Right. And when they sit down to do the strategic planning, they'll say, yeah, we do this and this and this and this. And then after a while, they start thinking, is it really part of my mission? Right. Is it really part of my vision? And if it's not, they'll start dropping programs that are not part of They'll partner with other people to do this, right? They may partner with other people. They may invite a relief organization in and so on. That's fine. They may work with, let's say, a local church that feeds the homeless. But they right. work through them instead of working instead of establishing a program within themselves. Right, right. And absolutely. that's a big difference. Right? right. That's a big difference. Right. Absolutely. And what happens, so what happens at times, uh, uh, if we could talk maybe in the last few minutes about, well, there are some challenges. This is our, these are great process and, and concepts. And I think really important for every ex- organization to execute on. But of course, problems arise. What, what happens when people have, for example, different audiences that they want to serve or, uh, focus on or invest in? What happens if there's different directions that an institution wants to move in amongst its leadership? How do you, how do you compromise? What, how do you create synergy um, towards those common goals? So, so we always have to go back and that's why the mission, vision, and why are very important because you have to always go back to those. Mm. So if the, if, you know, as a leadership, if we notice something that's outside of the, the mission and vision and the why of the organization, then we have to call it out 
and say, okay, do we need to do this? Do we need to be addressing this? We don't have a plan for this. And if people insist on wanting to do it, then it starts becoming part of a plan, a part of your strategic plan. Then you go through the process of who's the audience that we're serving? Why are we serving them? How does that fit in with the rest of the picture? And then if that's going to be the case, what are the long-term goals for this? And what Mm. plan do I need to put in place for that? Mm. But however, there is issues, of course, of leadership personalities, right? And styles of leadership and styles of execution that may come into the picture. For sure. And, And that's really the whole community has to come in to solve that, right? Because... Sometimes the community may want a particular leader because of the way he or she does things. And then after a while, they don't like that anymore. They want a different kind of leader. So that happens. Um, and it's going, to be the, it's going to be the leadership as a whole of the organization, the, the people who are vested in the organization, who help guide the organization long-term in terms of keeping it on track and keeping it going in the right way. I love that. And and again, I think if a lot of this hard work is done up front, right, the institutions have their missions, visions, and why, irregardless of the people that come, right? If if it's done well and it's articulated and the effort is taken, then it's it becomes system-based, not always people-based, right? I mean, people will, will be an important variable, but it won't be like end-all, be-all based on which individual is leading, correct? It becomes an institution. Correct. There you go. Yes, exactly. And I want to, you know, we have really great examples in the community that are very focused organizations. I mean, CARE comes to example as, as a fantastic organization that's very, very, very focused in what they do. Right. And they don't, they don't go away from that core mission, right? They, they stay with their core, their core activities. Another, another organization is, for instance, uh, many, of the, many of the relief organizations are very, very single-minded in what they do. They're very, very good with this. It is usually our our community centers and our mosques to do so much things. Yeah, so the they community have centers to and mosques. Yeah, they have it's to start used, focusing. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. It, it 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 broke up a little bit. So the community centers and mosques are the ones that are usually not focused. That's what you were saying, correct? Yes, they 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 tend to take on a lot more than they they can and. Mm. And they end up diluting themselves and, and, you know, three, four years down the road, they say, why are we doing this activity? What was the purpose of it? They, they lose it. So you would advise some community centers to say no to things? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. But, okay. And that, and that comes from understanding their internal capacity and then their audiences, their prioritized audiences that they need to serve. Right. So, so what, what helps us to understand this is, the strategy that you use, part of the forces that shape the strategy is who can you align yourself with? Mm. It's not something that's your core, stra- your core part of your core being, but you want to encourage people to do certain things or help them do certain things as a whole community, as a good for the society. Yeah. So you can partner with other organizations to do it. And the, feeding the homeless is a very good example of this. Right. You don't need to establish a full-blown kitchen and the whole organization to do that. You can, you, can, you, you can partner with existing organizations, that's their specialty, and bring your members to serve in there instead of trying to reestablish that whole part inside yourself. Mm. It becomes really, really difficult to do. So who, who can you strategically partner with to get things done? That's, that helps. I that, love you that. know, looking at that, that helps, that helps too. 
I really love that. Um, any any la- final thoughts on um, again the the wonderful breakdown of the importance of strategic planning and um, finding and understanding your internal capacity, how to identify audiences you're serving. Any final take home um, kind of advices for community leaders, youth directors, board members around? Okay, you know, kind of why to set this as a priority for themselves and and really walk through this. The, the, the thing I can leave you with is to really that any, any community, uh, a mosque or center or something of this nature, uh, by the nature of it, is bringing in a lot of people into it. And if it's going to be successful long term, successful meaning that the, the, the second and third generation will continue attending and working through it, the, the organization has to come up with key uh, purposes and key things that it, it, it that belong to it and it belongs to them and it wants to work right through them and and define them very clearly so people understand what the organization is about and allow it to build long-term sustainability within the organization um, but by spreading itself too thin it starts becoming uh, uh, certain things start becoming irrelevant when the purpose the person who championed that, leaves or retires or goes to a different community, then all of a sudden, why are we doing this activity? It that's was just, it was just the charisma of that person. Yeah. And that's not what we need. We need something that is, uh, that is sustainable long-term with purpose all the way through. I love that. Build an institution, build something that will last uh, well past all the people um, that might be there today and into the future. And I, I really love that. Zakla yes. those are wonderful yes. gems, Brother Tariq. I think extremely, extremely valuable content. I mean, we, we often don't hear any of this content anywhere, particularly for our community. So we really appreciate you sharing all of these insights and um, taking the time to really break it down for everybody to understand in a simple way. Thank you. And of course, Brother Tariq has an amazing workshop uh, through Oakshi Institute, just doing this for the stakeholders of an organization uh, anywhere in the country. We, we do them live and virtually in Chautala, and we can uh, always leave more information in the, in the, in the show notes about that. Barakulafik, Brother Tariq. Zakallah khairan. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Oak Tree Institute podcast. For more episodes, subscribe and follow us on Apple, Google Play, and Spotify. And for other content that we have, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.